0: How's my financial health, Doc? Welcome to the Financial Literacy Podcast for Healthcare Professionals, where financial security and wealth topics are not a taboo.
1: Well, hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome back. This show is really a fireside chat with my good friend Gordon Berger. And the reason why I invited Gordon to the show is because Gordon has over probably 50 years of experience in financial planning and asset management and also tax strategies, helping physicians in Canada. And I wanted to, you know, pick his brain a little bit so that we can have a very in-depth discussion about how physicians can properly plan their finances. And Gordon has agreed to give me a lot of his time so that we can have this chat. So we've had our first episode already. This is now the second episode where we continue our fireside chat with Gordon. Let's talk about disability. You mentioned that a little bit. So let's just talk a little bit about that, you know, the ins and outs of it and why. And then we'll jump into critical illness. If we have time, let's talk a little bit about business overhead. Yes. And finally, I want I want your opinion on long term care insurance. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So which
0: one would you like to talk about first? Let's (laughs) do disability because we've done that a little bit. All right. It's never important until it's important. Yeah. When it's important, You look at everything you've done and say, okay, when something happens to you and it's medical, the first thing is to think about you're lying in the hospital, which you never believed could happen, and you're saying, how do I keep this thing together? And there's a lot of planning that goes into that disability insurance grew from many, many years ago. The top company 50 years ago was Paul Revere, and there were a number of companies in this business. Some of you, if you've been practicing for a long time, still have Paul Revere, but it all rolled up to uh, RBC. Yeah, I I had
1: a Paul Revere that went to now RBC, but there was another one in between.
0: Provident. That's right. Provident. Yeah, I still see at 76, I still remember everything, right? (laughs) Yeah, Provident was a very good company as well right? But they all disappeared because they were underpriced and they didn't understand how to price things. But no insurance company in Canada has ever defaulted on, on a claim. With life insurance, either you're alive or you're dead. There's no in-betweens, right? And the only thing they're going to look at is what the application said and to make sure there's no misrep or fraud, misrepresentation or fraud, right? So uh, little story. So I sold the largest uh, case. In the history of Canada, where the client died in the shortest period of time, it was $60 million 30 years ago. The client gave me at that time, you could do what they call a single premium deposit instead of every year. The premium for the insurance company was uh, $11 million and he got $60 million of insurance, which I spread between four insurance companies that was March of one year and the client was 42 years old and he, he got $60 million of insurance for his 11 million. March, April, May, June, July, he went on a trip uh, to Israel. He was very close to a percussion bomb. Um, he got back from Israel. He um, all of a sudden was, wasn't was feeling well, and he was dead two months later from cancer. So uh, a proper disability and contract. So the OMA has one, but you always have to... So the OMA has a good contract, but you always have to measure it against RBC, usually yeah. the others in the industry are Great West and uh, Sun Life. Those yep. are the ones the the go to ones, right? Yeah, because you always want to deal with a big company with big pockets yep. as well, right? Absolutely. Right. So RBC has the has the covenant of the RBC Bank. So um, they have big pockets, really big pockets, right? You have to understand what's in a disability policy yeah so let's okay. dive into a little bit about that what yeah, is important yeah. for us yeah i want to drill down so yeah. number one you could be partially disabled there are two kinds of of partial disability one is what they call residual disability in a good contract and what it says is if you've lost more than 20 percent of your income you're residually disabled if you if, if you've lost more than 90%, like more than 80% of your income, you're totally disabled. But there's a part in between where you're just disabled for six months. That's called partial disability. So there's partial, residual, and full disability. Okay. So you can see that those are options that will be customized to what happened to you. Very important because everybody has something different. That's number one. Yeah. Or two, in a good, policy and it's a it's a fair amount of money but you have to pay for it is every two years you will get an ability on a non-medical basis automatically to increase increase to increase by two thousand dollars a month okay and there may be a variance in there because it changes from time but that's it and you you do have to show financial uh information to make sure that you're not making more at home than you are working okay so they protect themselves that way and there are other things that you can look at there so for instance there's a package when you get to be 65 which they just innovated a couple years ago at 65 like if you get disabled at 40 and you're going to get paid to 65 at 65 that's when it ends well you've had 20 30 years to figure out the whole process all the proceeds if you buy disability insurance personally out of your personal money not your corporate money it's all tax-free if you buy it in your corporation you'll have the ability to buy a little more but you're only paying 10 percent tax so you have 90 90 cents on every dollar to buy the premium so you have to look at both because if it's corporate it's taxable but the trick is god forbid and i i tell this to my clients if you and their families or their wives or husbands if you get sick before you become disabled you change it to a, a personal premium and then then the payout is tax-free right it's a trick right and i, I, I didn't i did not know that
1: you could uh, change the ownership of the yes, disability because okay. there's
0: no there's no cash unless you have it unless there's another thing you can do which is you pay a little more money and what it, it's a it's called an rop return yep. of premium yeah right and and that's a that's that's a funny kind of bet it's like betting uh it's like betting that you will become disabled and you won't so if you pay additional premium and you don't be and you're not disabled for, and different contracts are just, but roughly 10 to 15 years, they give you all your money back of the premium. Well, I know that uh, the newer policies, and this
1: is a new rider, right? This never right. existed before. Right. Uh, some companies every eight years give you back fifty percent of right. your premium. That's so, another iteration, right? Right. And uh, it's uh, it's interesting because when I got my disability insurance, it was Paul Revere, and then went to Provident, and now RBC. They didn't have that rider, but now a lot of uh, now a lot of insurance companies have this rider. Which, what 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 are your thoughts on that?
0: Good rider, oh, but, bad rider, it, worth it. Yeah, worth it's it. interesting. It depends what you can do with the money. Okay. okay. Yeah. I'd rather you put the money in a whole life policy, to be honest. <laughs> you mean well. you mean not stem, not spend it on the Ferrari? Exactly. No, because <laughs> if something happens to you, that's what I'm saying. At a horse race, you can't you can't bet for three horses to come in first. <laughs> You're never going to win money doing that, right? So when you have return, but I have friends um 60 65 years old where they got big checks back because it worked for them our our job is to show you and explain yeah and like if you make 20 percent a year on your investments why would you why would you do, You take that money and you put it in your investment portfolio if you're making nothing then maybe it's a good bet that's what i'm saying everything has to be custom to every person right so it's customized and informed consent right 100 doctors so, understand this language Yes, you're exactly right. Yeah. I don't want to sign that, you know. <laughs> so um, so that's basically disability. You want yep. it to grow, you want it to buy more and make sure that you have an agent that bugs you and it calls you and says I'm interested because our job is a sales job. Our job is to make sure we protect our clients, right? Now, uh, one more aspect of the rider I want to just make sure the audience hears it and that's own occupation. Okay, so let's talk about definitions, right? Yeah. So the first definition I gave you is residual, partial, uh, um, or full, full coverage. The, the other one that we have to talk about is own occupation. There are two kinds of own occupation. One is own occupation, which means you'll get paid if you can't do the duties of your own occupation and are not employed for wager earning. Like I know these things by heart, right? <laughs> uh uh and you'll get paid but then there's a better one right for people who have specialties it's called specific occupation so even though you could be a doctor right but you couldn't be a surgeon you get paid right because I've heard of surgeons having to do family practice oh oh, well because they didn't have the proper coverage yeah right with the proper company So it's just not enough to buy disability insurance. It's like everything else. There are a lot, there's several options that you can't buy without. And people make silly decisions saying, well, you know what, I'm not gonna need any more, so I'm not gonna get that $2,000 a year that, you know, I can just, uh, it's called future income option, FIO, right? Yeah. Right, so I'm not gonna get it because it's $200 more a month. Right. Crazy, 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 right. uh, one a colleague of mine
1: who's an optometrist and uh, she bought the disability and she didn't have enough cash flow per month. So what she did was she said, well, I'm an optometrist. I don't I don't live heavy things. Uh, why do I need own occupation? So she didn't want to pay that. I thought, it wasn't even $200. It was like $50. Yeah, it's
0: not a lot. And, and
1: it's not a lot. And she said, I don't need that. I said, what if you were walking in the park and a, a foreign body flew into your eye and now your cornea is... Um, now your cornea is uh and and done how are you going to be an optometrist in your own profession and like you don't have to live anything but your eye is gone how are you going to become an opt how are you going to continue being an optometrist she says oh yeah i'm like is that worth 50 bucks for you (laughs) yeah "Yeah, it is i say okay well you know maybe spend less at starbucks and pay that 50 bucks right right and we don't we don't make we don't make uh decisions very well like you say uh, we don't do di- due diligence but we don't think it through because people uh, think i have decisions-
0: patients waiting out there i gotta i gotta hurry up i gotta like like i don't have time for this
1: right okay so now that we uh kind of
0: talked about disability let's go to critical illness what are your thoughts on that once your income stops because that's what you have to talk about with critical illness once once your income stops you have some disability But what if you want to go to uh, uh, one of the major medical clinics in the States or around the world, and and you don't have enough money saved up to do that. You're basically done. Listen, like I said, we have one of the best medical uh, conditions of anywhere in the world. But if, if you wanted to do that, you couldn't do that. This is bought in a lump sum. It's tax-free, so you can insure $250,000, $500,000. i have never met anybody that's gotten sick with, with what we call CI, critical insurance, which said, well, I don't need the money. Agree. Agree. And it's, it's tax-free. It just gives you a lift to know that you're going to be able to transition from working to not working. Right, And there may be things, like I said with my uh, client who was the um, the uh, real estate guy, I, I said it bought him time because I sold him a million dollars of critical illness. So it had another million dollars in his account to buy him time, even in the hospital, when he was in the hospital, he could think, but he couldn't move, he couldn't, life was miserable for him, but he had a million dollars sitting in his account to keep everything going until we bought time to, liquidate some of the things we had to liquidate, but other people use it for like medical, you know, to to try or pay drugs that are not covered. I mean, there's there's Trillium as well, but that's a process where they have to figure out if you can afford it or you can't afford it. Yeah. Critical illness is a very good thing. Well, yeah. I mean,
1: something as simple as, you know, that person who was uh, your, your, your your client who was in the hospital, that real estate agent. Yeah. Now, while he was in the hospital, I'm sure that his spouse uh, had to deal with all the life issues that needs to be dealt with. And maybe had to hire a physio, maybe had to hire a nanny, a maid, whoever, they, they probably needed help. And if that right. money was not available, that's a added expense and added financial burden, right? so that that ci money comes in handy for
0: that reason right i know we didn't talk about this but every time you say something it brings up something else okay so so that means i'm saying something intelligent uh, yes you are (laughs) so so, um well because i look at you as intelligent smart and a doctor right with many with many hats so i'm saying a lot of doctors don't have because they're in clinics or whatever unless they're uh, with a university or hospital they don't have group insurance so they're paying for eyeglasses they're paying for dental they're paying it's all after tax so there's a thing that we set up i i don't even charge for it but there's a a fee one-time fee and and it's called a health benefit account okay hsa well they used to call them hsa's health Spending accounts yeah the government changed it just recently to a health benefit account okay and so what you basically do because you're incorporated is you go out you buy a pair of glasses glasses are let's be stupid a thousand bucks right yeah Uh, by the time you're finished that means if you're buying it out of your personal resources which is tax paid money yeah it's two thousand it's two thousand so instead what you do is you pay your credit card of a thousand dollars you basically tender the bill to your health benefit account and your corporation puts money into your health benefit account deductible to the corporation and not taxable to the health benefit account so you bought so you bought money on a pre-personal tax basis right it's a gift right it's amazing it's amazing it it is and and i mean for people like like normal human beings we have drugs that are not covered under under the uh, provincial health plans yeah and sometimes they are a lot of money right so um also even in what I call comprehensive dental coverage, if you have a group plan you're not covered for a lot of these things like major restorative and stuff like that right. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, i not sure you're not covered for orthodont like for your kids, this means you can really run your own life right. I right. mean uh, i'll give you my
1: my personal experience, uh, I have the I have that. Um, quote unquote health insurance from the OMA I do. But I also have my own health spending account. At the sure. time it was called a health spending account. Yes. Um, and it came in very useful when my daughter needed her braces. <laughs> That's
0: what I said. It doesn't and- cut your 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 dental plans in the hospitals and everything. Yeah. I used to do the group benefits for Mount Sinai not because I was a director and I gave them all the commission back so I just want you to know that yeah. <laughs> usually when you work for charities yeah you don't make any money and that's good you pay it forward right so yeah but I'm just saying those those plans were not comprehensive and would not have paid that orthodontia bill right right so, which is four thousand dollars roughly you know the thing why you don't want to be an orthodontist because no. the rates have never gone up <laughs> that's true that's true
1: I remember. I remember 20, 30 years ago when I needed it was about 5,000 and it's still exactly. not 5000 And it's still 5,000, right? <laughs> so, let's come back to the critical illness because I I I don't want to I don't want to badmouth anybody. The OMA has a base CI coverage for 50,000. Mm-hmm. In my mind, that is severely insufficient. Yeah, but. Of but a lot of my physician colleagues just buy that and stay with that. And that's it
0: Well, because they so, don't know.
1: Right. They don't know. So in your mind, for a high income earner, dentists, doctors, whatnot, what do you think should be the benchmark or what metric should I use to say I need X amount? What, what should that benchmark be? OK,
0: again, it's holistic. You yep. have to look at their debt.
1: But definitely I mean, not supposed- 50,000.
0: No, no, no. I mean, I've never sold anything less than 250,000. This 50,000 doesn't do anything. Correct? Right? Correct. Right. But I have people at 500,000, people at it depends. I want to look after if something happens to you, i to look after your debt. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's it, one benchmark. Okay. Well, in Toronto, you buy a house, you're going to have a mortgage of a million dollars. Right. And and we'll uh, hopefully one day if we meet again, I'll talk about real estate, because I love Toronto real estate. Well, but I, 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 just... I will, I will take you up on that. Uh, okay. I
1: have, I have two podcasts recorded on real estate, but coming from a real estate agent's perspective. So yeah, well, I'll, I'll get your perspective. Okay. Sure. Okay.
0: So yeah, so um, I, I actually it, it has to be again, I use the word custom bespoke um you know whatever you want to say yeah what i like to say is everybody's different If you have debt right i want to make sure because now you haven't died and you're disabled if something happens to you but what do you do with your million dollars of debt if interest rates have gone up you lose your house so i'd rather say whatever you're doing and, and there are many other reasons for it right like i said searching for the right doctor in the right world right just gives you some freedom but debts that's where, where i start is get rid of the debt in any insurance planning that i do yeah. i try to insure against the debt yeah okay so and and that once you don't have debt and you have some disability insurance or life insurance everything's better it's never good because you're either disabled or of course mm-hmm. the, the other thing you know the, everybody sells the fact on that when you don't when people are telling you don't need this much is it's not going to happen to you yeah and they're right only i don't know eight nine ten percent of people ever have a longer term disability more than three months some of them go back to work some of them don't but their world's different if they haven't if they haven't been insured properly it's a disaster i
1: agree so in terms of critical illness as you say it's customized Fifty thousand definitely not enough 250 minimum at least that's what you that's what i believe and i i i usually say six to six to twelve months of expenses
0: well but then you have to add on the debt true true, right? true. if you're not adding on the debt you're not it, it's it's like putting a band-aid on your finger but it was caused by uh a heart attack right correct correct right, right. so okay so different things to think about
1: when purchasing that is the debt Uh, the expenses per month that you have to pay and what are your what are what are the different things you want to do when you ever do become sick do you want to plan and think about getting uh, medical services outside of Canada
0: you may you may right it gives you the wherewithal to do what you need to do to get better well you know what the premier of Nova Scotia went down to New York (laughs) right you you remember that I I do I do (laughs) sure sure I, I think Trudeau got his shot somewhere else too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, let's talk about um, business overhead insurance. Just a little bit about that. What, that okay. what is that? Okay, so it lasts for two years. And basically you take your, what I call your bona fide or real expenses. So let's say your expenses is to run a practice and doctors don't, unless you have a practice practice, you don't have a lot of expenses. But if you do, you do. If you have a like a going practice, personal practice, and you have nurses and uh, you know and other associates and so on, costs money to do it. So, business overhead. First of all, the premium is deductible. Okay, that's that's where in where in disability insurance it is not. Okay, number two. So, if your real expenses are ten thousand a month, then it will pay ten thousand dollars a month. So when you get, let's say you have $10,000 a month of expenses and you buy $10,000 a month of office overhead. So if you think about that's $240,000 of expenses over two years and it only pays for two years. It's giving you time to readjust your life. But if 10 days after you you get sick and you know you're not going back uh, and you get rid of, let's say, one of your assistants. Then it'll say okay, so you can actually spend all the money in 15 months or 24 months, so if you downgrade what you're spending it'll last for 24 months it's still the same plot of money it's $240,000 right. So you can spend it as little as 15 months or as long as 24 months like I say it's deductible it's not it's not expensive right it even allows you to pay your um, medical association bills and your uh, and your library and. Like anything that's what I call real. You know, a lot of doctors have disability
1: insurance through uh, the hospital. It, it does still happen. And it's a group disability insurance that's right. versus versus personal disability insurance. Mm-hmm. I, I've been, I've been a huge proponent of personal dis, disability insurance as opposed to group uh, exactly
0: for those reasons, because but then there's, you have, another re- there's another reason but You you lose it if you lose the job. Correct. It's not, it's not portable, not portable. Right. And if you go from country to country, it's not portable. Correct. Right. But so the other, other thing, thing, thing is the other thing is most even hospital benefits for disability aren't built into stratas. So sometimes there's an not an own definition, own occupation definition in them. Yeah. So it's it's so doctors, it's called any occupation. So if you're doing anything by for uh by virtue of uh, wage or compensation, you're done. Right. And sometimes they they don't even compare it to what you made pre-disability because it also goes on to say, and I say, if you if on the way through medical school, if you if you were riding, let's say, selling ice cream on the street right, or uh, or driving an ice cream truck or whatever, and you were making X and you could do it again, that's what they're going to pay you. Right. So it's very, very difficult. After two years, there's always a two year um benefit yeah and after that they're going to look at what else you can do right so so
1: point uh get personal disability insurance correct even if you have group disability
0: insurance yeah so that's called a top off Yes. right so you can buy more which will integrate so the first payer is always so here's the other thing very important see every time you say something you Remind me of something uh, it's very important. I feel so, proud. I'm, I feel proud. No, no. You're asking <laughs> me great questions. So, so the thing to note is disability insurance between two different kinds of disability, either integrate or stack. Okay. So if you buy, if you go into a hospital and you get group benefits and you buy, let's say the RBC personal own occupation definition disability on top of that, The first payer is the group, which is not as good, right? And RBC will look at what you're getting there and reduce their benefit to what you could qualify for. In other words, you can't buy more, like I said, that would leave you at home than working, right? So, but if you buy the non-cancelable first, in other words, the RBC, and let's say you stack it up to 10,000, and then you go to a hospital and the hospital offers the maximum of 10,000, you now have $20,000 a month. It doesn't integrate, it stacks. So the first thing you should buy, and I I know you're going to complain that you don't have any money, but I for sure would do that because then no matter where you go, you have, you're carrying what you have. And if there's, if there's something on top of it, then you stack and, and you have a lot more coverage. So point
1: is buy personal first, if you can, and then get the group but back to your point you know the 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 question is i don't have the money i'm so sorry but you know if you're a doctor and you're making over 120 200 and you're telling me you don't have ten thousand dollars to pay in disability you're paying starbucks too much you're paying costco too much you're paying that mercedes too much you're paying that tory birch and you're you're drinking too much starbucks (laughs) right so so there's no reason that a doctor dentist lawyer who's making that amount of money cannot pay for disability. I, I don't buy that. I'm sorry. it's
0: part of your it's part of your process expenses. it's
1: It's part of how you run a corporation.
0: Correct. right.
1: right. Exactly. So a
0: corporation need to risk mitigate and if you don't do that, then it's your fault. So I, I want to make one other point. Now that you, every time you say something, of course, you bring something else up, which is I wanted to say before with disability insurance, when you get to age 65, yeah. if you're still practicing, which most doctors are with disability, as long as you're in a full time practice over 20 hours a week, you can continue the coverage you had, that 10000 a month or whatever it is, as long as you work and the premium doesn't change. What changes is the payment period. Okay. okay so over 65, And I'll give you an example over 65, let's say, because I'm over 65, but I still have my disability insurance. And what it'll do is because I have $20,000 a month. So when I, I mean, the likelihood is I'm either going to die or become disabled (laughs) as I get older. (laughs) So I hope it's just disabled first. And what happens is they'll pay me for being, for not being able to do my job, which is they'll pay me $20,000 a month for 24 months. That's 400, okay. That's $480,000 in two years. Tax-free. That's right. That's a million dollars. That's a million. I just want to tell you, you'll never pay a million dollars of premium for anything. That's right. Selling. right. Now, I did not know that they they are
1: willing to continue past 65. I thought it only ended at 65 and that was it. Well, you just learned something new. Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate <laughs> that. So let's, uh, let's go into my favorite topic which is not not that many people know this but long-term care insurance okay what are your thoughts on that
0: well again it's custom right i mean i have enough uh, me i've been i've worked hard on my whole life right so i don't need that and and i don't need government benefits although they give you government benefits they force them down your throat but they're all taxable but there's some people especially uh who have parents and they're and the parents are still younger, but if you look at the experience and there's no money in the family or, or you know you're all making you all working. And you're making money, but just enough to live nicely, then it becomes very, very important, because the cost of long term care, especially in like either retor- retirement homes or uh, homes with facility medical facilities are very expensive, so I was on the board of Baycrest. Um, I can tell you now, generally speaking, costs roughly ten thousand dollars a month per person. And if you work, if you move into like what their facility is called, the Terrace, where you upgrade as you get older <laughs> into the medical facility, uh, it's expensive. It's really yep. expensive, right? And if you have some money, not a lot, they basically take it over time. Okay. Right. right. Now, long-term care insurance
1: is called long-term care, but you actually don't need to go to long-term care. Oh they can provide you care at
0: home the moment you oh, have, yeah. you don't two, have two out of the five domains uh, that you can't right. perform exactly right exactly so like i say it's all these things are about what the situation is they're tools I, I want you know i remember my old doctor like years ago He they used to do home visits and he used to bring this little black case which every, every doctor knows that i still have Right, right. And I remember all I remember is he's gonna open the damp case and give me a needle and a cylinder or something <laughs> in my ass. Right? <laughs> but so I'm just saying, so I have I have that same thing. Right. I have a toolkit right. and it's and it's it's full of tools and I get to use them differently yeah. because we haven't even talked about tax, but there are all kinds of tools if you are a student of helping your client.
1: Well, um, you know, I, I work in long term care, I told you this. Uh, and with COVID, it's been horrible. Yeah, horrible. Uh, it's been horrible. And, you know, a lot of my um, residents, family, you know, if if they didn't need to put their parents in long term care, they wouldn't.
0: Right.
1: And a lot of residents, if they didn't have to be there, they wouldn't. And I would say, you know, if I, I've spoken to a lot of physicians who work in long term care, we will all agree that Probably a good thirty percent of those people don't need to be there, right, right? And the reason they are there is because they can't manage at home,
0: right. Um, right?
1: And so, if you do have the money to get yourself some help at home, thirty percent of people in long-term care would not be there. That's right. And so, right. long-term care insurance, even though it's called long-term care, it's really it's really called disability insurance for the older, older population. People. As long as you have two out of the five domains where you cannot perform your activities of daily living, it would cover. Exactly. So you could get a you could get a nurse, you can get a PSW, you can get an RPN, you can get whoever you want to get, and still be at home. Exactly. This is this is how I see it. It's not 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 necessarily that I want to be in a ten thousand dollar room at Baycrest, but you know if I if I could pay five thousand dollars to a PSW for me to stay at home, I would love that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Homes the best place to be. We know that. Yeah. Right. And and it's even more highlighted during COVID for sure. And it's actually more expensive at home because a lot of people especially if they're if they're suffering from like, like all kinds of things and they they're not mobile and everything, you need round the clock care, very expensive as you know, 24 hours a day. Yeah. So it allows you to be at home. Right? Absolutely. Right. And it's good for your family, it's good for you.
1: Oh, for sure. Good for your mental, uh, mental, uh, health as well. Okay. We're going to end this session over here. And this is the end of part two. Stay tuned with us for part number three, when we're going to be talking about tax burden and tax mitigation with Gordon. I hope that you have enjoyed this fireside chat with Gordon and that you have enjoyed all my episodes and podcasts so far. Please give me some feedback, write to me at hmfhd2020 at gmail.com. I would love to hear your feedback, but also would love to hear what other topics I should be doing. Just a little plug for myself, I am offering mentorship programs for individuals who want to know more about personal finance and who are struggling to learn more about personal financial literacy. So I am here to help you with that, and there's a mentorship program. Again, if you want to reach out to me, my email is hmfhd2020 at gmail.com. How is my financial health doc podcast is hosted by Dr. Vukit Tran. Dr. Tran is a physician with a special interest in personal financial security and wealth education. Dr. Tran does not render or offer to render personalized investment, or tax advice through this financial podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. Please confer with your advisor, lawyer, or accountant for specific advice.